Hello, and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This week, we're discussing high-value manufacturing, what it is, how well we do it in the UK, what does uh, it contribute to the UK economy, and what do we need to do for this part of our economy to thrive? With me to discuss all of these issues is Catherine Bennett, Chief Executive Officer of the High Value Manufacturing Catapult. Catherine Bennett, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to be with you today, Gavin. So can we start with a definition just to help us out here? What do we actually mean by high value manufacturing? A good question, Gavin, and something I get a lot, especially when I'm with people who maybe don't know much about the catapults. Um, But really, the best way I like to focus on it is the high skilled work involved, of course, knowledge intensive part of manufacturing and really the valuable innovation and the processes that are developed as part of it. And it's not, as somebody said to me the other day, high knit value manufacturing. It's very much a quite a wide ranging word that can encompass all the good things that are great about manufacturing in this country. So let's look at high value manufacturing in the UK. What does that sector look like and what actually is its value to the UK economy? To answer this question, Gavin, I started to think back. I actually did a history degree and I love to look back at the history of manufacturing. And I think we have to remember the great heritage we have in terms of what manufacturing contributed to society as a whole and think about that as we develop things going forward. I also read somewhere that the word factory is, of course, based on the word factor, which is all about trade. And I think there's no better way of looking at manufacturing as how it contributes to trade. So according to our good friends at Make UK, the latest statistics in terms of contributions of manufacturing is around 183 billion per year. And that equates to about 2.5 million jobs in the UK. Maybe a sector that's not shouted about enough, an incredibly important part of our economy and something that I'm very proud to be talking about to you today. And just to be clear, that's the total value of manufacturing. Is there a distinction between high value manufacturing and, and other manufacturing that I'm not quite teasing out of this? It's not defined quite so specifically as that. Uh, Maybe it's a piece of work that needs to be done because the definition, as we said earlier, Gavin, isn't always that clear. But that figure I've given you is very much for the whole of manufacturing. And what sort of industries are we talking about? What sort of things are we talking about that are being manufactured in the UK? Well, um, my first answer would be, of course, uh, a sector I know dearly from my previous employment, which is, of course, major manufacturing in terms of aerospace and defence and automotive. But of course, it covers such things as chemicals and pharmaceuticals, electronics, machinery, food and drink, metals, rubber, plastics, all types of uh, materials that are, are created to help our industries thrive. And then, of course, there's the future sectors as well, the the other parts of industry that could potentially become part of manufacturing. Also, other ones that are maybe not always thought about enough in terms of such things such as fashion, furniture design, all of these things are part of our economy. So it's a massive, wide-ranging topic, this, and at a very large number of industries. How does the UK 
high value manufacturing picture look like in comparison with other countries? Well, I'm happy to say that we are in the top 10. We're ninth in the world in terms of manufacturing output. Obviously, that's a figure that's changed over the years. The clearly, the clear leader at the moment is obviously the likes of China, USA, but we're alongside other big G7 economies such as Germany, Japan, India, Italy, France. So we're in that top 10. Uh, one of the key things maybe to also look at there is how companies invest in R&D in the other countries. Uh, Germany, always well known about the investment they make as a country and the businesses in Germany make about 66 percent um, expenditure there and to, uh, compared to maybe ourselves, which is, I'm afraid, around 55%. And that's also part of what we at the Catapult, working with our partners, are trying to get the business sector to, to increase that. So um, it's it's quite a big decision to invest in R&D, as, as you know, Gavin, from some of the other work you do, um, especially as we're speaking today in a sort of economic downturn. R&D, sadly, is something that companies don't always and they have to maybe put on the back burner. And what we're trying to say today is you need to continue to invest because, by goodness, other countries are continuing and we need to be part of that race. So there's quite a lot in there, and I'm going to unpack some of that in a moment. But just before I do, looking at the some of the countries that you have been talking about, China and the US and Germany and so on, is there a, a difference in some of the sectors in which the UK is leading? Where are the the real competitive advantages in the UK in some of these manufacturing areas? I think one of the first things which is subject dear to all of our hearts is, of course, the industrial design capabilities we have here in the UK. You think of the work done by companies such as BAE in terms of work for new future combat aircraft, also automotive uh, with the work done there. I mean, our, our world leading design at some of our manufacturing automotive companies, that's really seen as something that we need to continue with. Of course, the likes of Dyson, um, they're very proud of the design engineers they have here. Now, that's key. I remember when I was at Airbus, we always talked about the design work as being something that's part of the crown jewels of the capability in the UK, and then the manufacturing can come with it. And uh, whilst my catapult has the name manufacturing in the title, we are also very focused on other parts of engineering, such as the design. So that's one thing to answer your question. Also, um, we do have in certain parts of the country, we do have the right infrastructure and the su suppliers around the manufacturing facilities that also help. But there's also a lot more work to be done in order to keep our um, competitive advantage going well into the future. Well, let's talk about some of that work that needs to be done and some of the support. Obviously, in the UK, quite a lot of that flows through the high value manufacturing catapult, which was uh, established and is largely funded by Innovate UK. So can you give us a little bit of an introduction here? What is this catapult and, and how does the catapult support industry? Yeah, so as you said, we were set up by Innovate UK by the government back in 2011. So our catapult have just celebrated 10 years in existence. And it was a result of a coming together of various centres of expertise around the UK, some of whom were founded by universities, some of whom were founded as a result of a lot of regional 
economic activity. And they came together under this umbrella for the catapult. And it was a mechanism for Innovate UK to provide funding in a more strategic way. So the name of many people have heard of is the Pratt Fraunhofer Institute. So it was based on that, that concept. And there's other similar organisations in other parts of the world. So we were only in existence in the last decade, a lot more to build on. And there are other catapults as well. There are um, eight other catapults who are very different in size and scope to us. But it's impo- it's interesting for me as a relative newcomer in the catapult world to be working with the other catapults who specialise in things such as digital or offshore renewable wind or some aspects of medicines or the space industry. There's always going to be crossovers with these other catapults. And, and it's an interesting dynamic into how UKRI and then Innovate UK are shaping their future strategies as well, very much more keen to see us all working together in collaboration. So within my my catapult, we have seven different centres spread out across England, Scotland and Wales. And actually, just in the last two weeks, we've announced a major collaboration with Queen's University Belfast with a new centre that's been set up there as part of the Belfast City deal. So we have reached Northern Ireland now. Um, We've got 21 sites, some of whom are based, as I said, at universities. Some are more independent, such as the Manufacturing Technology Centre in Anstey Park near Coventry. And and we work very closely with large companies such as Rolls-Royce, who help set up a number of our centres, but also with a huge number of SMEs. And since we've been in existence, we've worked with around 22,000 companies, which isn't bad, I have to say, just some an organisation that's been in existence for 10 years. A couple of our centres have been around a lot longer than 10 years. I'm talking to you today from Warwick Manufacturing Group, uh, which is part of Warwick University. And this organisation, very well known, was set up 30 years ago by Lord Bhattacharya. And they, met, they joined our catapult as soon as the catapult was launched. The AMRC up in Rotherham near Sheffield, that was established 20 years ago. And is a credible success story. When you think of the levelling up case studies that are around and about at the moment, the site there is is an Orgreave, what was the Orgreave Coking Works. Uh, obviously, the colliery industry completely transformed now and different. And we've got, we've got two and a half thousand engineers working on that site up at Rotherham. So it does show the kernel of an idea can develop into great things. And this is what I'm trying to do in my leadership role at the Catapult is ensure those seven centres across those 21 sites are working together more collaboratively. So that's a bit of a, a summary, Gavin, of, of how we're set up. Well, it's certainly got a lot of people involved and all the right kind of people to support companies. I wonder if there's, I don't know, maybe an example you could give of either a company or a technology that the Catapult has supported and that is now either really thriving or is is clearly on the route to generating real value. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge number of stories to share with you. I mean, the I talked about the AMRC, which is the one in Rotherham. Um, just a sort of small example, they've been helping a firm who make blades for ice skating boots. Um, I know here at Warwick Manufacturing Group, they've worked with a UK lawnmower manufacturer and completely revolutionised the way that they work. 
Many of our centres worked, of course, um, during the COVID pandemic to help suppliers completely transform their production line to make PPE. Um, some incredible success stories. And one of them I know that was helped is now one of the largest providers of PPE to the NHS, which is an incredible turnaround. But also I've mentioned Rolls-Royce, uh, there's McLaren Formula One, there's Boeing, there's Jaguar Land Rover, one of the partners here in the Midlands. So the work that's done is often quite confidential, but there's it's the capability and the technology achievements, which is something that we can then use in a careful uh, way in terms of intellectual property, but we can actually use that capability to then help other companies. And that's the story that our ambassadors for our different centres use when they're out and about talking to businesses about the ways they can help. Another really strong example, um, Gavin, and I know that we've talked about this before, um, and it was my predecessor who should take the credit for this, is during the pandemic as well, the high value manufacturing Catapult convened, of course, the work done on the ventilator challenge, which saw 14,500 ventilators manufactured in the space of 12 weeks, which is incredible when you think that usually the manufacturer that makes them would make that number in 20 years. So incredible story in terms of collaboration, using the best of digital technology, sourcing the parts from all around the world in the midst of a pandemic, and also in the likes of McLaren helped with this, even manufacturing parts directly in their labs and ramping that up to in order to build those ventilators. So just a few examples for you. No, that's a really great set of images that helps conjure up the kind of work that you're doing. I want to switch a little bit now to policy. And obviously, we all sit uh, working within a policy context. And right now we have a new prime minister and many new members of the cabinet. What would be your message to the new leadership within the UK uh, in respect of manufacturing? Well, the narrative hasn't changed with respect to the science superpower, which is absolutely key for us. And we're working on our new strategy at the moment as part of our five-year deal with Innovate UK and of course, measurement of the impact of the work that we're doing is part of making the case for how we can contribute to help make the UK a science superpower. We need to get, as I said earlier, more companies to invest in R&D. In terms of manufacturing specifically, there is an industry minister now being appointed um, working in, in the Department of Business. And they are laser focused on how they can support manufacturers. Um, I've, I've had a few discussions with her already uh, in terms of the work that we're doing. Um, but obviously, as I'm speaking to you today, the economy is in a bit of a difficult place. We need to ensure that companies do continue to invest in R&D. But the only way to do that is to demonstrate the results, which is why some of the work we're doing on our measurement of our impact is important. There is the old story, oh, we don't make things here anymore. And I, you know, that's rubbish as far as I'm concerned. And you think about the success stories that we do have here. The most important thing, though, is to ensure that the companies that do make decisions to invest in this country and invest in the people in manufacturing in this country do have the confidence to continue doing that. So I think that's part of my role to say to the government the feedback we're getting from manufacturers um, and make sure we've got the right fiscal environment, that the funding is announced as a, as a way of encouraging companies to invest. One thing that I do see, and it's slightly controversial in terms of industrial strategy, 
But I remember seeing this in the businesses I worked in before, is that if the government does put funding on the table and makes it conditional on the fact that the companies also have to match the funding or even you know, put in more than just matching, that does unlock confidence. And if you're seen to do it together as part of a smooth, integrated strategy, that does help. But what I've heard from the current ministers is absolutely they want to work in partnership with, with business. And businesses can speak with the same voice on many topics, Gavin, such as those that I know you look at as part of your work, um, talent, technology, and of course, all importantly, support our academic and technology abilities in this country. Well, certainly what you said sounds incredibly positive uh, about the policy context, but you did also say in the course of those remarks that we're in uh, a difficult period economically uh, and there are many challenges for businesses. What would you say are the kind of significant challenges that manufacturers are facing at the moment? So one of the things that we're doing across those seven centres I mentioned earlier is our new strategy. And it's incredible. I I feel very proud to be able to work with the seven CEOs of the centres and listen to them and the analysis of the market. And, you know, you think we've got three and a half thousand people across the UK, also experts in manufacturing. And we've, we've come down to four main areas or what we like to call wicked challenges, which is a a terminology used nowadays amongst my colleagues. And the four key things we're focusing on, and these probably will chime with you and other listeners to the podcast. The first one is, of course, enabling net zero and sustainability. Of course, net zero is now mandated. It's part of legislation. Um, Supply chain transformation, um, digitalization of life cycle of products. And of course, the final one is focusing on critical national infrastructure and capability delivery. Now, that covers quite a lot of areas, those four themes, but um, that latter one, focusing on capability delivery, also chimes very closely with workforce development and skills, making sure we've got the right people and we retain the talent we have. So those are the four big challenges that we've pinpointed and we're adapting our strategy around it. And encompassing all those four areas, Gavin, is also a huge part of the contribution we feel we make to the UK ecosystem, which is foresighting which is a key part of what are the future manufacturing sectors that we need to have the capacity and uh, correct equipment to support. And I find that a fascinating part of the role. Well, let me finish by asking you to do a slightly different type of foresighting. What do you think would be a sort of a positive, uh, reachable outcome for manufacturing in the UK in five years time and what would we really need to do to get there? So remember right at the beginning I talked about where we are in the world ninth in the top 10. We we have an ambition as part of our collaboration working with our centres and our partners to get us you know up, up higher on that league table We've obviously just had the Commonwealth Games in the UK, so we're quite focused on medals at the moment, but that's absolutely part of our requirement. I talked also about the focus on design expertise. If you have design of a product, you may very often then end up also getting the manufacturing. So we really want to encourage more companies to be doing that in the UK. 
The other key thing for us and working with your organisation, it's key as well, is this convening power that the Catapult does have with the capacity we have across the UK. And as you heard, I'm, we're reaching out now to other parts of the UK as well, it, and bringing companies together with academia, which is what we were set up to do, which is to bridge the gap between business and academia. And the only way of doing that is to work together more closely and with many other partners across the UK. Fantastic. Well, let's see how we get in five years' time and whether we have improved on our ninth place in the med table. That's all we've got time for today. Uh, but Catherine Bennett, thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Catherine Bennett, Chief Executive of the High Value Manufacturing Catapult. Catherine Bennett is also a speaker at an event being organised by the Foundation for Science and Technology on the 9th of November. Details of that event, which is free to attend both online and in person in London, can be found on our website at www.foundation.org.uk slash events. Also on our website, you'll find details of all of our other events, our journal, our blogs, and all previous editions of this podcast. Until next time, goodbye.